find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. All right, well, let's... uh, Happy Pride Month! We are now homophobic because of this movie. deeply over it. well i i guess i shouldn't jump right into it right away but i was deeply over it by the last half hour or so yeah it went but a it's, lot i will say though it's to. not a terrible movie it's really not it has some really cool shots i think the acting is decent but there's a there's a lot of plot holes yeah but it's not bad it's not bad you know yeah. i love a good cabin in the woods movie yeah well okay so first of all it is pride month and happy if you don't pride know month. that then i don't know what to tell you but happy Pride Month um, as to queer people. You're queer? No. Oh, good joke. Thanks. Anyways, so we decided. I'm saving that one. That's, yeah. <laughs> You're gay. You're queer? <laughs> uh, that the entire month we're going to do some queer horror movies. I was forced into choosing this movie. I didn't want to choose this movie. This is the only this gay was the only one that you could think, think of. of. Yeah. Oh well, God. I did Google it, and this also came up on a list of yeah uh, LGBTQ plus horror movies. So there's also one called They Them, which they slash them. Oh, it's called it's they slash them because it's a slasher movie. <gasps> oh, that's so clever! Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought mm-hmm. it was just they them. That's so creative. At least I think it's they slash them. I'm sure. I'm sure they managed to make that's it wild. What, that's I'm, the one I'm gonna pick. So I was gonna up, say that's the one next. I'm episode. sure they managed to make it wildly offensive. Kevin Bacon's in it. I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. When yeah, I, I was that's uh, well, I was gonna say the summary of it, but that's not the movie we're covering. So. We'll yeah, I was, time, but it has Kevin Bacon in it. Um, I was peer pressured. Sure they slash them. I was peer pressured into choosing this movie. It's not my fault. Um, this is the only queer horror movie you know of. Yeah, it's. I was. Uh, I was bullied into choosing this movie. I, but so I like to think that I'm not so much of a nitpicky person mm-hmm. when it comes to movies in general about plot holes. You know. Yeah. I like I don't think I'm one of those people. And I think with horror movies a majority of them are suspended in this kind of disbelief. Yeah. Where it's like demons and ghosts mm-hmm. and, you know, all kinds of other shit that it's like okay, like you can throw a lot of shit under the rug cuz it's a demon movie or a zombie movie or a ghost movie or something like that. But for movies that are like this, where it's based in reality, mm-hmm. that's when I start to have a hard time with plot holes. This I'm not one, one of those people that's like, They're, black mermaids don't exist. Yeah. Like, dude. <laughs> but This one was yeah. frustrating. It was yeah. frustrating. Um, I, I agree. I don't tend to really care if... 
you know, like, I, I, I just, I've never understood people who complain about plot holes, especially in, like, fantasy or sci-fi. Like Star or, Wars movies? Yeah, because... The of people who like, say shit. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you're gonna tell me you believe that, you know, there's, like, a demon possessing a little girl, but then you're also gonna tell me that you're upset because there was a minor plot hole. Like, give me a break. Mm-hmm. But this one was frustrating. Yeah, and I think, like, you know... Some people have certain things that they have, like, that they're nitpicky about. Like, my dad, anytime there's a car in a movie and there's a plot hole related to the car, he's the first one to point it out. You know, he's one of those people that's like, that's not true. That's not how that car works. So this car wasn't (laughs) even made yet when this movie came out or whatever. I mean, that's fair enough. Just because he knows a lot about cars. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, my brother knows a lot about history. So anytime that there's a, a, a movie or a show that takes place in a certain period of time, if there's anything that comes out of that timeline, he's going to know about it. Well, but see, I don't – that doesn't bother me. If someone points something out, that doesn't bother me. It's more the people who make it their entire personality trait to pick apart every single they can't enjoy a movie. detail yeah. of a movie and then they think they're better than everyone else for pointing it out that's what bugs me yeah i don't mind if you're point if you like know know a lot about a specific topic and you mm-hmm. point out things that aren't right that's mm-hmm. fun i like hearing when people do like fun facts or like hey yeah. did you know that's not how that works yeah and but what i was gonna say is that for me it's like sciencey things <laughs> and like especially things that have to do with like especially in horror movies i think the most prevalent thing is like injuries you know when someone like breaks their leg and that they still like run a mile you're like you would never be able to fucking do that that happens in this movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's the sort of thing that i definitely notice that i nitpick more often than other things and there was a lot to nitpick in that category in this movie there was there was quite a bit anyways this movie is what keeps you alive it's the title of it. it was released in 2018 uh it has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes is that good or bad think of it as a test score okay so that's pretty good yeah sorry I've asked that question before but a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb eh, so not so good so Rotten Tomatoes is more like actual critics and stuff and also like crowd work stuff but imdb is more just like list like watchers of the movie i guess audience um this was directed by colin minahan and written by colin minahan colin was spelled with one l which is irritating um he has directed some other like projects and stuff but a lot of what he's directed are actually music videos for mariana's trench and Papa Roach and other bands of the like. Um, this is starring Hannah Emily Anderson, who has appeared in X-Men Dark Phoenix, Jigsaw, and The Purge TV show. Brittany Allen, who also appeared in Jigsaw and The Boys. And then we have Martha McIsaac, who play, who um, was in The Last House on the Left and also Superbad. I also could not find a single thing about the budget or the box office for this movie. Hmm. I have no idea. Interesting. Like, absolutely none. I found DVD sales, but I don't really care. Yeah. Who would buy this on DVD? I don't know. I don't know. That's, if I were in this movie, my family would buy the DVD. That's who bought the DVD. Yeah. 
the like uncles I think and aunts of what, the actors. I think what I saw was like DVD sales went around like $58,000, but I was like, this is useless to me. It's <laughs> like $5. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I don't know what it made in the box office and I don't know what the budget for this movie was. I couldn't find it anywhere. If you can, cool. But I, I couldn't. Um, do you want to hear the summary and then we'll get to Kayla's question? Yeah, go for it. It's a short and sweet one. Brought to you by Amit Kozan from um, IMDb, because that's where I get them. Short and sweet. A young newlywed lesbian couple goes to an idyllic remote forest cabin to spend some quality time together. That's a terrible summary. (laughs) (laughs) I usually just use the first one that pops up, and that was the first one. So there we go. All right. What's your question? Okay, so I want to know what is the most, let's say, surprising, shocking, or horrifying thing that you have learned about someone after you started dating them. And for the sake of making this podcast more interesting, I'm going to force you to tell me something about me and I'll tell you something about you. So, wait, so some. It doesn't have to be like. So, some. Something that I. No, it's just either like. I mean, I'm thinking, right? Like, the. It doesn't have to be like that you were a murderer, obviously, because neither of us are murderers that I know of so far. Uh-huh. But like what something either really surprising or really shocking or just horrifying. And it doesn't have to be like it can be lighthearted. It can be like you put the, the toilet paper roll inside. That I found out about you. Yeah. I mean, I could do it with anyone you've dated, but I think for the sake of the podcast, I think it's more interesting if you say okay. something about me. Um, do you have one about me already? <laughs> No. Okay. I only got as far as thinking of the question. Okay. Um, hmm. Okay, I got it. Okay, what's yours? I think the one thing that was, like, pretty surprising. I guess, so, like, when we first started dating, it was very apparent, like, outwardly that you, at least aesthetically, were very much, like, hippie, witchy vibes, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think even, like, our first date, you were wearing, like, a shirt that had, like, a crystal, like crystals and shit Probably. on it. Yeah. And so, I think, like, I had already known that that was, like, your aesthetic, mm-hmm. sort of, like, your vibe, right? I didn't know how far it went (laughs) and I think one of the things that I honestly don't remember my reaction to finding out I think it was more along the lines of like I guess that makes sense but finding out that you were part of a spiritualist church (laughs) at first I think before I had gone yeah person to actually go to like the church I think I had assumed that it was like very culty yeah I was like oh my god like here we go I was deep in the church at that time too like I was I'm not I'm not really involved. I still believe in it. Because like every involved. week you were like going and doing stuff. I was going and, more than once a week. Yeah, I was going. You're going to like church and mm-hmm. then you're also going during the week to like mm-hmm. work on stuff. Yeah. Because I was, I was not, I mean, I wasn't like working for, I wasn't being paid, but I was, no, yeah, I yeah. was like helping with church leadership and I was mm-hmm. like a pastoral assistant. I was like, I was deep in it. I, I would, uh, I don't think you ever saw me, but I would, I was, I would sit on the what is it called? Altar? The What's like the stage called? An altar? 
no, it's not an altar. It's, like, where the pastor stands in front and then, like, the mediums would sit in the back and, like, the, the meditation. Yeah, I know, and stuff I know like. what you mean. I used I to know. sit up on the stage. There's a word for it, but the church stage. I used to sit up there every week during the Sunday services. So, yeah, I was deep in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that horrifies some people when they find out about that. It was just interesting. Yeah. Your turn. Um. Hmm. I think I think it surprised me that you were really into sports. I don't think I expected that. Really? Yeah, because I think, like, you – like, I remember on your profile you had a picture. <laughs> you had a picture of you wearing, like, your weird – what's it called? Like, the cloak. Oh, my Jedi cloak? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or right, technically it's Sith, I think. At Disneyland, oh, right? Oh, my Jedi cloak? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my mint condition Jedi glow. <laughs> yeah, you had a picture of like you, it, like wearing that and like. I know a picture you're talking about. It was at Star Wars. Yeah. In, um, it's not Star Wars Land. I forget the fucking name of it because I haven't been in forever. But yeah, I had gotten. It was like my first time being there, I think, and one of the first times that I had been there. And I got the cloak and I did the whole, like, build your own lightsaber thing. And this was, like, when it had first opened. So I think there was a lot of, like, leeway with, like, things that people could do. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you can do this anymore. But there were some people who could do a double-edged lightsaber mm-hmm. in the thing. And I didn't know that I could do that. And I didn't have the balls to, like, ask. And I think you had to pay, like, an extra $100 or something to do that. I don't think you can actually do that anymore. But... I was taking a picture in front of this like facade with my cloak on and my lightsaber and some guy came up to me and he was actually really cool. He was like behind like I think it was Colin who was taking the picture of me because we had went together and Colin was taking the picture of me and he was behind me like telling me to do all these poses and stuff and then he had his like double-edged lightsaber he's like here use this this would be way cooler and he handed it to me and he's like telling me how to pose and then yeah yeah and then that profile or that picture ended up on your your bumble profile Mm -hmm. which i saw so i i just i guess the point is i knew you were like kind of nerdy and i think on our first date you had talked a lot too about um i don't know I'm sure you talked about nerdy things. I don't really remember the specifics, but mm-hmm. I do remember just being a little surprised that you were as into sports as you were because in my mind, those things, those two things just didn't really quite go together. So I was surprised. Yeah. So. Cool. Yep. Alrighty. Well, shall we get started? I guess so. Well, it starts off with the gayest shot ever, lesbians in a Jeep going into a cabin yeah it's um yeah so it opens with this i feel like kind of classic driving through the woods scene yeah driving up to the cabin mm -hmm, we see this we saw this in blair witch we saw that we even really see this in creep um we saw dead in mm -hmm, 
in Evil Dead. We saw it the in Shining. The Shining. Up the mountain in the yeah. woods. There's so many, um, so many car scenes. Us. Of cars driving it. Get yep, out. Us. Mm-hmm. They're always in the car. It's always the car. So in the car, going into the woods. So we're gonna meet Jackie and Jules. They're married. They're celebrating their one year anniversary mm-hmm. in a cabin in the woods, which we kind of also did. Uh, it wasn't exactly our one year anniversary, but it was kind of close. Yeah. It was. That was when we went to uh, to the Redwoods, remember? Mm-hmm. We also find out that Jackie um, needs insulin. She's diabetic. Yes, that's going to be important. Yep. Um, also, there's the very obvious, uh, there's a butch and there's a femme. Yes, super stereotypical. There's a lot of flannels that are going to be worn. <laughs> they really like flannels. The butch has a very short pixie cut and the femme has nice long hair. And she wears it down for most of the movie, mm-hmm. even though a lot of it is hiking. Um, also, the butch wears things that are extremely unflattering, and she looks like a little boy. She yeah, wears she jeans and big baggy t-shirts. Her haircut is not doing her any favors either. No. She's not a bad-looking woman, but she just, it's not, the whole look is not really working for her. Yeah. So th- we're going to learn this is Jackie's family cabin. Her great-great-grandpa got the land for free, and he built the cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, Jules is weirdly obsessed with the cabin. It is nothing to write home about. It's not the worst, but it's, it, yeah, it's nothing to write home about. Um, so she's kind of exploring looking around the cabin checking out all the different rooms and she kind of calls out to jackie a couple times and realizes that she can't find her inside so she goes outside looking for her and finds her um just kind of staring off into space she's looking at the boathouse which is i wouldn't say destroyed but a lot of the boards are sort yeah, of yeah it's kind of like wilted away almost yeah it, it's not looking too hot and she's like oh the the boathouse didn't survive and I, this does not come into play i thought this was going to be important no it does not matter we never talk about it again nope so that night they're hanging out by the fire and jackie starts to play guitar and sing about a demon inside of her and she sings for a really long time it's like a whole song and she has this like really weird psycho stare on her face and jules looks like she's freaked out yeah a little bit and then, like, grabs the guitar to stop her from playing. And then they just start making out. <laughs> I th- I think this was a ploy to get Jackie to shut up. Yeah. Um, they're making out. And then, of course, we have the classic, the butch wears the sports bra. And <laughs> the femme's wearing, like, a cute lacy bra. And But then the car pulls up. And they're like, oh, my God, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, so this shadowy figure kind of gets out of the car and approaches the door um but it's just sarah who just sarah it's just sarah who but she calls out and says to jackie who came outside is like megan mm-hmm. right so we learn that sarah is jackie's childhood friend jackie slash megan mm-hmm. who lives on the other side of the lake and she came to check the place out because she saw lights on and she was worried about a break-in yeah um Jules obviously finds out, I guess, that Jackie is Megan. She's like, um, okay, Megan. And is irritated. Which I guess, fair. But yeah, maybe, but, like, hear this person out. Yeah, <laughs> she, though, but Jules really goes through it. She, We see her, like, running through the woods. Oh, my God. So this running scene, have you seen the episode of Friends where 
Rachel and Phoebe are running together, but Phoebe runs like a fucking maniac, and Rachel is embarrassed to I run with her. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, she Jules runs like Phoebe. She's yeah. like flailing everywhere, and her legs she's, are like kicking out. I don't know what the goal is here because she's not getting any exercise. She's not in running clothes. I don't know. So she's yeah, she's she's running like a maniac. She stops because she's out of breath and finds this like overturned rowbo. And there's like like some scratches on like the side of the boat. And for whatever reason, like this boat is like shitty, obviously overturned, like like it's gone through some shit. I don't understand why she's honing on these three scratches because there's like the whole boat scratched up but okay i guess we're just really supposed to know that this is significant and then all of a sudden jackie is there right behind her asking if she wants to take the boat out on the lake Mm -hmm. so they do uh on the boat jackie tells jules basically that the name megan just never felt like her and then when she figured out that she was gay she changed it Mm-hmm. So she gives Jules a locket that has a picture of the two of them in it. And so then I guess everything's fine again. Yeah, it's the gayest shit fucking ever. Uh, cut to Jules and Jackie. They're kind of shooting some uh, cans with a rifle that I guess they had. Um, Jules sucks. And uh, they're just waving this gun around <laughs> willy nilly. <laughs> and like it's nobody's business. They chose really odd activities for this trip. It's, like, very forced. Yeah. Like, they had a story, and they're just, like, trying to fit it together when it sometimes just doesn't make sense. This is just to establish that, one, there's a gun involved mm-hmm. now, <laughs> yeah. and two, that Jackie is also really good with guns, because right. she shoots the cans, and she's, like, great at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so later that night, they're by the fire again. Jackie tells Jules a story about an encounter with a black bear when she was younger, and she talks about how she shot it but it was still breathing and she tried to shoot it again to do the humane thing do the right thing but the gun jammed so she just had to kind of like sit there and watch it die and she her dad gave her a huge fucking hunting knife just in case her gun jammed again her dad gave her some sweet life advice to say only kill you what keeps you alive you only kill what keeps you alive only kill what keeps you alive which Jackie explains means that they ate every piece of the bear. Cool. So that's cool. Um, so here's the thing, though. Jules is still suspicious. So the next day, she's going to she's gonna kayak across the entire lake and show up uninvited at Sarah's house, which is the weirdest possible solution to, to the problem. Yeah, I also, like, I think we talked about... This isn't our first time watching this movie. Yeah. I think we talked about this the first time they've been married for a year we don't really know how long they had been dating previously to being married but we know they've been married for a year i don't know how at this point i don't know how freaked out i'd be i don't know how suspicious i'd be i don't think i'd be to this level of suspicion that jules is and like you'd think that like okay obviously like it's a horror movie she's going to be suspicious yeah but she's also for the rest of the movie painted out to be kind of fucking stupid <laughs> so i don't understand why at this point she's suspicious yeah i guess maybe i'm dumb because i would have been satisfied with that explanation i wouldn't have done this yeah 
But anyways, uh, Sarah invites her in and gives her some water. Jules sees a picture of Jackie with Sarah and Jenny, who she learns has passed away. Um, Jules also meets Daniel. Yeah, Sarah's husband, Daniel. He's a weirdo, and he's also butt-fucking-ugly, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And Sarah's really surprised that Jules has never heard about Jenny, she says that Jenny dying was a really big deal for them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is getting a little more suspicious, I guess. But I wouldn't even say suspicious. It's more just like, I don't know, even like if there was a traumatic event that happened to you when you were young and you never told me about it, I would not think, I would not be suspicious that you were going to murder me. I would just be like a little bit weirded out and confused. Yeah. Maybe a little hurt for not yeah. like. Confiding. But it also depends on how relevant it is to your current life. You yeah. don't necessarily have to rehash all of your trauma to no. the person you're with. But anyways, yep, but that's, whatever. that's not important. So now cut to them. They're both on a hike, Jackie and Jules. Jules is pissed again and ignoring Jackie. I don't remember what they're wearing, but I said that he hated the outfits that they were wearing. Um, Jules confronts Jackie about Jenny. And basically, um, I guess... Jackie explains that her and Jenny were swimming in the lake and supposedly she drowned and she, uh, Jackie was the only witness to what had happened and feels the need to emphasize that the cops talked to her and cleared her of any wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. This is my first red flag. Well, I will say though that Jules does insinuate that That Sarah insinuated that Jackie had something to do with it which Sarah didn't but Jules does say she made it sound like you had something to do with it which oh I guess Sarah didn't, I didn't catch that part but, but I but Sarah didn't do that though also she really didn't yeah anyway. I guess maybe that's why I thought it was weird that maybe. she was like well the police also talked to me and cleared me of any wrongdoing and I was <laughs> like that's weird for you to feel the need to say that in this story but yeah. I guess if Jules did kind of insinuate that she had something to do with it then it would make sense to say that yeah but so jules is like omg so sorry and they hug and make up yeah and then they get they they reach what i think is the peak of the (laughs) i wrote the hick the The hike (laughs) oh and also jules mentions that she invited sarah and david over for Mm -hmm. dinner on sunday Mm -hmm. yeah so um also they're literally both in skinny jeans they're in terrible hiking clothes right now yeah they're wearing like vans and skinny mm. jeans. They're in awful I'm hiking. Gonna break clothes. an ankle. No, they and it looks like kind of a strenuous hike too. Yeah, it doesn't. It looks hard, and they no. didn't wear good clothes. Mm-mm. Anyways, though, they make it to the peak and they look over the cliff at the lake, and Jules is just you know admiring the view, tossing some rocks off the <laughs> cliff, and we get a shot where uh we see jules and in the background there's jackie just kind of looking at her and then and then jackie just out of nowhere just races forward and shoves jules on the cliff yeah (laughs) sorry it's not funny she just pushes her off the cliff (laughs) and i do have to say that this being the second time obviously all of these twists and turns weren't really like that big of a deal for me because mm-hmm. i've seen it before but i do have to say that the first time i saw that i was like oh my god yeah yeah she pushed her off the cliff we're like 20 minutes into this movie no because you expect something 
weird to be going on with her and yeah. something weird to happen but you don't expect her to shove her off the cliff no especially not like 20 25 minutes into the fucking movie you're like well now what's gonna fucking happen yeah so jackie kind of looks over the edge to make sure that jules is dead and we see her laying on the ground she, she looks very dead she has to be dead she uh, like definitely <laughs> like hit her head on this huge fucking ro- boulder so, this is the first major plot hole there's no i don't i'm not buying that she survived that no and like like, maybe, maybe she survived the impact, but there's no way that without medical attention, she would not have survived. No, absolutely like, not. she would have died within, like, if she didn't die on impact, she would have died within an hour or two. Yeah. There's no way. She has massive head trauma right now, dude. Yeah. So Jackie kind of meanders back to the cabin. She rehearses the 911 call she's going to make. She hikes all the way back. Mm-hmm. And she finds now that Jules is gone, but she has left her locket behind. There's yeah. no chance. There's not a chance that woman was able to get up and move. I don't buy it. No. So we we do see Jules now. She's definitely very injured, but somehow able to walk. Has a big gash on her fucking head and that's bleeding everywhere. We see her kind of like pop her shoulder back into place, I yeah. think. So now, keep this in mind for the rest of the movie. She has a dislocated shoulder. Dislocated shoulders, because I've dislocated both of my shoulders multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's not like how they make it in cheesy action movies where like you mm-hmm. pop it back in you're like yeah. perfectly good. No, that's not how that works. You're injured. You have to, like, do rehab and physical therapy to fix your fucking shoulder. Yeah. Because it's never going to be the same. Yeah. (laughs) Especially not immediately, like how it's just kind of in this movie. She, like, somehow is able to pop her shoulder back in. Yeah. And she still, I guess it's kind of accurate that she still is, like, favoring her other arm and, you know, is seemingly playing that mm-hmm. her shoulder still hurts but there's other things in this movie that i'm like you wouldn't have fucking been able to do that bitch no there's no way she also has a severe limp probably because we don't see it at the time but we think maybe she broke her leg broke her ankle something really bad happened to her leg we just don't know what yet so she has a pretty severe limp and also one of her fingers is fucked up and you see that for like a split second yeah uh, somehow alive though and we're also getting um these like black and white flashbacks to happier times between her and Jules. Yeah. Cause I guess she's got a, she's, she's got a head injury injury. What, what a, what a surprise. Yeah. Um, so she hears Jackie yelling for her in the distance. And so she kind of starts running. She cannot run for obvious reasons. So she kind of parks herself behind a tree log and she hears Jackie nearby Kind of like saying it was an accident and asking if she's okay. And then... Like hysterically. Like, yeah. I didn't mean it. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you? Oh, my God. And then Jules kind of like pokes her head over the log. And Jackie can't see her, but she can see Jackie. And she sees her face change. Just completely in the middle of like her fake crying and hysterics. Her face just deadpans. She just suddenly like doesn't care. And she's like, fuck. And then she's, like, looking around, trying to think of what to do next, strategizing in her head in some way, shape, or form, and then picks back up with the hysterics and calling after uh, Jules. Yeah, so um, so Jackie Lee 
leaves and like kind of walks away and then we see that it's now nighttime and Jules is still hiding and Jackie is still looking for her. Mm-hmm. It starts to rain and thunder though very suddenly out of nowhere and Jackie walks away from Jules. It's also definitely fucking fake rain because neither of them are getting wet. No. Not They're at all. completely dry. Not at all. It's yeah. like you know like they put on like a rain filter on whatever mm-hmm. they filmed yet didn't do the work to get either of them wet and yeah. The Identity Podcast is your bi-weekly foray into the weird, wonky, and sometimes downright spooky. Join host Janine Mercer as she leads you down the twisted pathways of history and tackles tales of the paranormal, weird historical people and practices, and so much more. The Identity Podcast, a proud member of the Podmoth Media Network, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at IdentityPod and is available wherever you binge your podcasts. Yeah, so the next morning we see Jackie giving herself an insulin shot and go out into the woods with her gun. Um, Jules seems to be floating in and out of consciousness. I just really don't think there's any way she would have made it this far, but No, but we do get like this flashback thing with Jules and Jackie where Jules is like pretending to be a crow. Oh, I, I really disliked this. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah, so Jules... And Jackie are in bed. Jules is like cawing like a crow. And Jackie is fucking stupid and can't guess that Jules is a crow, I guess. And but what? I just want to know, though. I'm sorry to interrupt. But what was the context of this? Like, you and I have never once been like, let's do animal impressions. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. I what don't know. The, what was the idea? This, this white man that directed this movie was like, hmm, I bet gay women do this all the time. <laughs> I mean, what could they possibly oh, talk about, God. right? Oh, and says, no, silly, I'm a crow. They're the smartest bird in the world, didn't you know? And I guess Jules has a crow tattoo on the back of her fucking arm, and that's yeah. like whatever. And Jackie says that she's a bald eagle, and she's like, are you scared of me? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So now Jules is suiting up to go hunt, you know, most dangerous game for lesbians. <laughs> yeah, so... um Jules very loudly moves toward a puddle of water she sees. Very loudly. A puddle of stale, stagnant, Stagnant dirty water. She is now going to die from dysentery. She see uh, yeah, and she drinks from it. She drinks from it. It's so and then I guess the the dirty puddle water gave her the power to make it all the way back to the house somehow because now she's got superhuman strength. She she like makes it back to the house and runs up a flight of stairs, literally runs. Yeah, um, she's looking through her luggage for her phone because I guess she didn't have it on her or whatever, and she can't find it, so she opens her laptop, and then she's like, fuck, because it's not connected to Wi-Fi. Now she goes into um, the bathroom, grabs a first aid kit, and stitches up this huge wound that we had no idea existed until this point, 
on her abdomen, like her stomach area, and somehow is able to tell that nothing's ruptured just from like touching her side for a few seconds. She's like, okay, yeah. nothing's ruptured. She, she like what? She like puts her hand over it and she's like, it's not ruptured. Like, yeah, okay. like okay, fucking Doc McStuffins, whatever. <laughs> and so then she lays down and does some weird meditation assessing of her ankle and is like oh my god it's broken and at first i was like you just moved it there's no way that it's you broken. just ran up a flight of stairs there's no way it's broken. And she's like oh just kidding it's a sprain i'm like okay whatever weirdo and then she pops her finger back into place that was dislocated and now we see jackie coming back into the cabin she's searching the house for jewels i don't know why she she comes into the house like runs into the house assuming that jules is there yeah i don't know how i she would don't know that. how she would have known that or been tipped off that she was there but uh ends up as she's searching the house finding all of the mess that jules left in the bathroom and now we cut to jules in the rowboat in the lake trying to get to sarah's house mm-hmm. which is the only smart thing that she does in the entire movie in the entire movie yeah that's it and I also have to say that's unrealistic that she'd be able to fucking do that with a dislocated shoulder. No, there's no way. The rowing movement after you just dislocated You're your shoulder. You're going to tell me that you fall off a cliff, you wander through the woods the entire night, and then you're somehow strong enough to, like, run through the woods into a house, patch up all your wounds, and then go row halfway across a lake? What, the dirty puddle water gave you all that power? There's nothing else that gave her all that energy. She, she This is she, less realistic than the girl in fall eating the vulture and getting the strength yeah, to push her fighting off. <laughs> yeah. It's Oh my god. I don't get it. Yeah. So anyways, um Jackie does try to shoot Jules, but she I think she's too far away. Yeah, and she gets in her own rowboat and is chasing Jules and now we have this weird rowboat chase scene. And honestly, I have to say, I'm Team Jackie. Yeah, Jules <laughs> Team didn't Jackie. Make, <laughs> I want Jules, Jackie to kill Jules. Jules didn't make good choices here. Um, no, but sh- Jackie does catch up and jumps in the boat with her. There's kind of a bit of a struggle, and Daniel is standing out on the boat dock, his boat dock, drinking mm-hmm. coffee, and he shouts out to them and asks if they're okay. They're far enough away that he can't see that Jules is covered in blood. I don't really understand that, but how he wouldn't. I don't know. I have really bad eyesight. I probably wouldn't be able to see that far out. I guess. And so um, David asks about, you know, or Daniel. says that they're... Ugh, Daniel, fuck. Is exci- uh, saying that, like, oh, we're, like, we'll see you Sunday. And Jackie's like, oh, you know what? Sunday's not going to work, blah, blah, blah. And Jules pipes up and says, but tonight is. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. they're coming over for dinner tonight, which is also maybe the only other thing. I think this is the last smart thing that Jules does. Yeah, it's, yeah, I guess it's kind of a plan. Yeah. We cut back to the house. Jackie's giving Jules a bath and explaining her plan to make it look like an accident that uh, Jules had died and mentions that it's basically for life insurance money uh we find out that you know it's concrete proof now that jackie is sort of a black widow you know yeah and so um jules asks jackie if she ever loved her and jackie just quickly says no yeah lol (laughs) um jules says well you're so stupid because once they get here i'm gonna scream 
Yeah. And Jackie like, says, don't tell her your plan. You stupid fucking bitch. Come on. Come but on. thankfully she did because then Jackie says, well, if you tell them anything or tip them off in any way, shape or form, then I am going to fucking kill Sarah. So don't fucking do that. And then Jackie starts to drown Jules. And Jules has no impulse to fight back in any way, shape or form. No. She's just kind of like flailing. But like not with her legs not, with her legs that's not gonna not happen. doing anything to like grab on to jackie or do anything like that and the yeah. thing is is that like jules you're way longer like your wingspan is probably way longer than jackie's yeah you could fucking like poke her eyes out if you just tried but no she doesn't yeah so um they after this weird bath they sit in front of the fire and jules tells jackie that you know she's sick but she can get her help and that she'll stay by her side i think she's lying i think this is a bit right yeah it's definitely like a tactic to try to get jackie to not kill her yeah but it's also like dude she's told you she just told you like however long ago she doesn't love you yeah. She doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. Like, why are you trying to, like, appeal to, like, I love you and I'll stick by you. I swear I'm on your side. Like, she doesn't care. She doesn't love you. She pushed you. She literally pushed you off a fucking cliff. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. So Jackie then drops another bomb on Jules, which is that she was married once before to a woman named Erica and also killed her mm-hmm. while they were on vacation. Yep. So Sarah and Daniel arrive for dinner. They all go into the kitchen for a glass of wine. And Jules is keeping up the act for the time being as they eat. Um, after dinner, they, they socialize. So Jules and Sarah are standing inside and Jackie and Daniel are standing outside. Just kind of like on the porch, drinking some wine, talking. Mm-hmm. Daniel drinks a little too much and tells Jackie that his wife thinks that Jackie is a little bit of a psychopath. That yeah. Sarah's a little bit scared of Jackie. Yeah. Um, and for good reason, we will find out. Because during this conversation, Jackie sees Jules in, telling Sarah in plain, in plain sight. sight. Plain sight. Plain sight. She's literally on the other side of a window. Yeah. And you, you, you literally, all Jackie has to do is look over her shoulder <laughs> and sees Jules, like, like, explaining all of this stuff to Sarah and Sarah's horrified face. And so immediately jackie knows that you just told her everything yeah that could have been done um, and yeah and so um sarah is screaming at david to like get away daniel fuck why do i keep (laughs) wanting to call him david she's screaming at daniel to get away from jackie Mm -hmm. but before he can do anything because he's just stupid and can't hear or understand what she's saying um jackie runs up and just slices daniel's throat So Daniel's done and out of the fight. The real threat in this situation, if he even could be considered a threat, is now gone. Yeah. So now Jackie's going to come in and Jules yells to Sarah, run. Yeah. So she runs upstairs further into the house. (sighs) Cool. Yeah. So that was not the move. Uh, Jackie. Jackie. Sorry. Jules screams at Sarah to run. Jackie runs after Sarah. Mm-hmm. Why, if you're Jules, why are you just sitting on the couch? 
Yeah. Why not go outside? Yeah. Either just run or get into a car and oh, drive. She just, she just sits on the couch and waits for Jackie to be done killing Sarah. Yeah, so cool. Jackie pins Sarah down and kills her by stabbing her in the chest. A million times. Many times. Uh, Jackie goes back to Jules, who is still on the couch, and shows her that her pulse is completely steady, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be impressive, I guess. It's. I think it's just to, like, scare her even more, to say, like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about killing these people. I'm not going to care when I kill you. Yeah. So just, like, quit it. Like, just accept the fact that you're going to die. Yeah. So Jackie brings Jules with her to dispose of the bodies by throwing them out into the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- the thing is, like, through all of this, Jackie has continued to allow Jules to be alive. Mm-hmm. And I don't really understand at this point why she's not just killing her. And at first I thought it had to do with, like, oh, well, she's trying to make it look like an accident. But she just s- completely slaughtered Sarah and Daniel. So could she not have just also killed Jules? Well, she wants the life insurance money. So she has to make it look like an accident. Oh, okay. Because with okay. life insurance policies, if it's... Not that I've done extensive research on this or anything like that. Just from like my true crime knowledge. If a lot of life insurance policy, I don't know if all... But I know with the majority of life insurance policies, if it's an accidental death, like a car crash, you fall off a cliff, you drowned, um, then the payout's just, like, good and normal. Mm -hmm. But if it's a homicide, then, like, no insurance money is going to get paid out to a spouse or anything like that until they – someone is convicted, I think. Mm -hmm. So, I – she really needs it to be a homicide in order to get the life insurance policy. That's the only thing that is, like, like, makes sense. Yeah. You know, there's no plot holes, I guess, in that. Because she's not going to just chop her up. Yeah. Because, like, her main goal is for this money. Right. So. So she tells Jules, basically, that the way she is is nature and not nurture. She says that she's freer than Jackie because she's not trapped by emotions or, or a conscience. Yeah. So, I mean, she's basically implying that she has no feelings and, yeah. ha- you know. She does not care. She doesn't care. We get these sick black light scenes. They're really cool. I love these scenes where Jackie is, for whatever reason, playing the piano. But, I mean, still cool. Um, saying how she's free and all this stuff while also cleaning up all of the blood and the mess from chopping up uh, Daniel and Sarah's bodies and also killing them. Yeah, and washing Um, herself off. And washing herself off. And then Jules is tied up with her hands above her head, Mm -hmm. tied to a bedpost, Mm -hmm. and she is thrashing like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. You, one, dislocated your shoulder right two have a huge gash on your stomach which i don't think i actually saw very much of when she was on the bed yeah and also hurt your ankle and you're throwing and kicking your legs around thrashing around with your arms tied above your head no wrong you wouldn't be able to do that yeah um then it is so there's 
uh, while Jackie's sleeping, she manages to untie herself and climb over Jackie for some reason to get the knife next to her instead of just going up and around. Stupid. Um, and then we see her lift the knife up and stab her in the chest. And right as she stabs her, she wakes up to realize it was just a dream. And she's yep. still tied up and stuck. Yep. The next morning, Jackie makes Jules some breakfast and tells her that she needs to eat because she needs a full stomach in case they decide to do an autopsy. And she has some pliers, too. And Jules uh, asks, hey, why do you have pliers? What are those for? And she explains, well, you can't fall off a cliff with all those stitches in your stomach can't you mm-hmm. so yeah. yikes jackie's really thought of everything yeah she's one smart bitch and jules is kind of a fucking idiot jackie goes upstairs and jules uh while jackie's away jules removes a bear head from the wall and finds that hidden inside it are all these these lockets these necklaces just like the one that jackie gave to jules but with pictures of other women creep style baby yep lock it the lock it the classic lock it mm-hmm. um so jackie walks in on jules holding the necklaces and then it just kind of flashes to the scene of them driving out into the woods yeah and honestly the fact that she's found all of these necklaces this scene should have potentially been placed somewhere else in the movie because at this point when we see it it doesn't really fucking matter no. We already knew that she was married before and killed that other wife, and she killed Jenny. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, it wouldn't be surprising that she's killed all these other people, too. Like, it's yeah. not as much of a shock as I think it would have been if it was placed at a different part in this movie. Yeah, I don't know if this was necessarily supposed to be, like, unsettling or what the goal like, was Like, oh, here. she's killed, like, five people instead of the two that we thought. Right, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what the goal was, but... Um, but anyways, as they're driving, <laughs> Jules suddenly sticks a tranquilizer dart. And I have no idea where she got this, but she she sticks a tranquilizer dart into Jackie's neck. Yeah. So, well, okay. So I don't think they made this like quite apparent when Jackie was loading the gun, but she was loading it with tranquilizers, darts. Oh. That's what was in the gun. It wasn't bullets. When she went oh. to go hunt oh. for Jules because she can't shoot her because then it wouldn't be an accident. Okay. So she was going to shoot her with a tranquilizer that dart. That was not made clear. And then throw her back off the cliff, I guess. But so that's where she got the darts from. And that's what she stabs into her neck, I guess. Yeah. So um, anyways, that shocks her enough to stop the car and gives Jules the chance to get out and run. Jackie chases her out to conveniently right the, at the edge of the cliff and corners her. But right as she's kind of standing in front of Jules going like, I'm going to kill you. She's, she just starts to get woozy and just yeah. passes out. Yeah. So Jules picks up the knife and instead of killing her, just drives away in the car. This is where I started to really, really, really just become deeply over this shit i was like this movie could be over end the movie end the fucking movie now we don't need the rest just end it she kills jackie she's done she doesn't even have to kill her just drive away yeah and then it could be done like okay like if you don't want to kill her that's fine you're not a killer you don't right. want to kill her just drive fine. away. end of movie drive away end of movie Forget that is help. not where this ends no there's more unfortunately yeah so she drives away she's crying there's other cars that are also passing her yeah, she could stop that she could stop at any point help. but no she sees a crow one of the most common birds in america 
fly over her car and she pulls over and starts to reminisce again about the good times with Jackie, which is so fucking dumb because she's literally pushed you off a cliff, tried to kill you, murdered two people in front of you, and also has straight up to your face told you she never loved you. Yeah. But that is just enough to get her to drive back. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, so in the flashback, Jackie kind of, Jackie says that, you know, if Jules is a crow, then Jackie's a bald eagle. Yeah. And I think she says, like, are you scared or something like that? And I guess that is enough for Jules to decide she's not scared and she's going to go back and kill Jackie. Yeah. So she does. She turns around. She she drives back for to the cliff. And, finds, and also she's limping again. Because yeah. I guess her leg now hurts from all that sprinting <laughs> that she's just been doing. Yeah. So she finds that Jackie's not there, obviously. Mm-hmm. So she drives back to the cabin? Yeah, she's, like, really on a mission to kill her at this point, but this is the dumbest possible thing you could do in this scenario. But I guess, you know, she has a knife this time, so, you know, she can handle her, I I guess. Yeah, so (sighs) Jules looks for Jackie in the house and doesn't find her, but she does find the gun. Mm Mm-hmm. Jackie arrives back at the house, and Jules forces her to the ground. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? She pulls out those speakers. And oh, hooks yeah, up her laptop strangers moment. to play, blast some shitty fucking rock music. I didn't even give a shit at that point. I was like, shut the fuck up. Let's, to, let's to I guess, signal to Jackie that she's at the house. I, 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 I don't care. I, I don't, really don't care. I don't, I don't know. So Jackie, I guess, hears this music, comes back to the cabin. It's nighttime now. The song isn't playing anymore. And I have to wonder, how long do you think... Jules waited waited there with that music. How many times did that song play before she was like, you know what? Fuck it. She's not coming. Probably quite a few. So, yeah. So Jackie arrives back at the house and and Jules kind of like forces her to the ground basically by threatening her with the gun Mm -hmm. and then also hitting her on the head with the gun. Yeah. Jackie tricks Jules into not shooting. Well, she says like, she says like, that the gun's an antique and if she were to shoot it would basically blow up in her face and not hurt jackie at all and jules is like you're lying and she's like fine she's like shoot me then and basically calls her bluff and right when jules goes to pull the trigger jackie lunges out and we find out that the gun actually does work and it didn't blow up because jules shoots a couple shots but none of them really hit jackie um once again, Jules is not limping. So limping, not limping, limping, not limping. She's not limping right now. There, She goes to find Jackie because she ran off after this kind of little, little kerfuffle that they had. And the stairs to the attic are now pulled down. And Jackie, I, Jules, I mean, latches onto that bait quickly. Because mm-hmm. she's like, well, Jackie's up there, right? So she goes up. She's looking for for jackie guess what jackie's not up there she's downstairs and she's right behind jules and then the camera kind of pans downstairs and we are just kind of going around downstairs listening to the fight that is happening between jackie and jules from upstairs so we're hearing them bang around we're seeing chandeliers swinging and you know them kind of grunting and (laughs) screaming at each other yeah so we don't really see this fight we just mostly hear it yeah. And then 
we see Jackie bring an unconscious Jules back to the original cliff and pushes her over again, which yep. could have could have been avoided. Yeah, and, and she, she has to be dead now. Yeah. She's dead. Mm-hmm. That's it. So then she does call 911. She starts to get a little woozy, and, and we see her inject herself with insulin, which then kind of starts to make her even woozier. So she sees that the only other thing sitting on the computer with uh, her insulin is the computer, the laptop, which is just just slightly open. She grabs it, and this video of Jules just pops up. I don't know how Jules made that happen. So, okay. So, first of all, say what the video is. Well, so the video is of Jules basically revealing that she replaced the insulin with hydrogen peroxide. And as Jules says, the hydrogen peroxide, when injected intravenously into your bloodstream, will cause the blood to clot, and then the clots will travel up at some point to your brain, which will cause you to have a stroke. So many things wrong with this last scene that it is remarkable. First of all, so Jules just banked on the fact that Jackie was going to inject herself, have to inject herself with insulin before she'd see this video on the laptop. And then, I don't know whether, because I don't think we see Jackie actually, like, pull the insulin out of the, like, vial into the syringe. We just see her take this syringe and then inject herself with it. So also the fact that Jackie just willy-nilly took this full syringe and injected herself with insulin. Also, hydrogen peroxide does not do that when it is injected into your blood. Hydrogen peroxide, when injected into your blood, makes oxygen and water. It's still dangerous because the oxygen bubbles that are now in your bloodstream are going to travel. And once it gets to your heart, it can stop your heart from beating, depending on how many bubbles are in your blood. Yeah, well, Jules is a DIY doctor, and we've kind of seen sprinkles of this throughout the movie. Yeah. So I guess she just thought she knew what to do and it was i guess i mean it worked because jackie then has a stroke and dies in the woods (laughs) um yeah and then the very last scene we see is jules at the bottom of the cliff and we see her take in a breath of air as the movie ends this bitch is the fucking terminator dude i don't get it i I don't understand how she's still alive so i think it's implied that she lives because at this point, Jackie has a, or yeah, Jackie has already called nine one one, which means that help is going to be arriving for Jules soon. So if she's still alive, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing that the idea we're supposed to take is that in this world where someone survives falling off a cliff twice, two days apart, um, she survives. Uh, yes. So. But that's it. So good for Jules. Good for Jules, I guess. I don't know. So, so what? What did you think? How would you rate it on a on a scale of one to five hydrogen peroxide shots? Um, I mean, this being the second time around, I was significantly more over the shit by the end of the movie than I was the first time around. 
So trying to not take that into consideration, trying to be a little less biased, two and a half. Yeah, I think I would, I think I may give it three and a half stars just because like you had said the first, like this being the second time now that I've watched it, I already know what's going to happen. And so it's less of a shock and more so just me being annoyed with the way mm-hmm. things are working. Whereas the first time I watched it, you, you are like entertained in the sense that you're like, what could possibly happen next? Mm-hmm. What could possibly happen next? Like she's been shoved off a cliff, you know, all this other shit. What could possibly, what, what could they do next? And also there are many scenes that are just beautifully shot. The yeah. scenes of the black light cleaning up the blood. Great. I loved it. The acting for... I don't remember which actor it is, but whoever plays Jackie is great. Um, No hate to Jules, but I think as, you know, the director and as the actor, if you're going to have these monstrous injuries, you got to stick to it. And there were several scenes where it just kind of was forgotten about. You know. Yeah. I will say, since it's Pride Month and we're talking about pride and gay people, I do like a good gay movie where the whole plot doesn't center around them being gay. Yeah. This really had nothing to do with them being gay outside of no. it just being a same-sex couple. So, yeah. but that was, that's always refreshing. Sometimes they just do way too much. With yeah. The, you know, and it's just like, just make it normal. That's what I want to see. Yeah. And I do have to say that I think it is more interesting and I enjoyed it more because as opposed to like two lesbians go out into the woods and then some other outside force Mm -hmm. comes to attack them Mm -hmm. you know it's actually within the couple right that makes it a little bit more entertaining you know and for have a gay serial killer yeah that kills her wives a gay black widow pretty cool I did see that. I didn't get very many fun facts because I guess no one really cares about this movie. But one of the first ones was that originally when they were shopping this movie, the couple was a straight couple. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would have depended on if the killer was the man or the woman. I'm guessing it would have been the It would have been the... Oh, I was going to say the woman. But I don't know. Because they, they went the femme and butch path and then made the femme the killer... I, I guess, know. but then imagine a woman trying to shove a man. Yeah, it wouldn't work as well. And like dragging his body through the woods. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Well, should we try to do our connect game? Sure. Okay, let me, you think of someone and then I will pick someone from this movie. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I am picking Hannah Emily Anderson, who plays Jackie in this movie. And who are we connecting her to? I'm going to go Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so Hannah Emily Anderson was in Jigsaw with Tobin Bell. Okay. Um, Tobin Bell was in... Um... The Firm with Tom Cruise, who was in Don't Look Up with Sandra Bullock, 
who was in Forces of Nature with Ben Affleck. Forknecks. Forknecks. I think we actually tied for this one. So Hannah Emily Anderson was in Dark Phoenix. She played Elaine Gray with Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan played Cyclops in that movie. And Ty Sheridan was in The Night Clerk with Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas was in Deep Water and also dated Ben Affleck. Hmm. And was in Deep Water with Ben Affleck. So is that three connects? Three, yeah. Nice. Nice. Whoa, that one was kind of tough. Yeah, that was tough. Well, Allah says, happy Pride Month. Hopefully this next one is a little bit better. better, And we have nicer things to say. But thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on Instagram where we put our polls for listener picks, you can do that at Speak of the Devil Pod. You can follow us on Twitter for notifications when we have new episodes come out at Speak Devil Pod. If you want to give us your opinion on a movie or uh, request a movie or just say hi, you can email us at Speak of the Devil Podcast One at gmail.com. Speak of the Devil was already taken. Yeah. Um, please. couldn't wait no uh please if you enjoyed this episode give us a share share us to other people that you know of that like horror movies or queer people i guess um also give us a rating on spotify or apple Podcasts. anything less than five stars we do not want it um that's it thanks for listening my name is taylor i'm kayla We're not scared of anything. Are you?